0: Anybody else confused by that one a little bit? <laughs> kind of took a turn in the middle where you're like, wait, I thought I knew what was happening and then it changed. We have a dishonest manager and then they're like, well done, dishonest manager, good job. It's confusing, right? How... I, thought the... I don't understand it. I don't know what I'm supposed to be rooting for. Um, and these questions just led me this week to another question that I'll ask you guys. Who on earth is Jesus talking to? What is this about? I ask because stories always require audiences. Who is this audience? Who is this for? It determines which character that the audience is kind of supposed to relate to, what the point of the story is. Um, I'll give you an example. Little Red Riding Hood, right? We know this story. The bad guy in Little Red Riding Hood is a wolf, right? Unless you're a wolf. The woodsman's the bad guy in that one. This was a great story to a wolf guy's gonna eat two meals a grandma and a kid wow this is a great story of triumph of this clever wolf and then a woodsman shows up and ruins it see different story right to a wolf if a wolf knew the story of little red riding hood i get it i'm going all over the place here um but i just heard this story and i'm confused Um, maybe there's something for you. A better question is, who do you relate to in this story? Who do you hear in this story as you're going, yeah, uh, I thought I knew what was happening? Do you hear about a dishonest grifter? Or do you hear like it's said in there, a rascal? (laughs) Someone who's done something clever and cute. I'll speak for myself. Upon my first reading, I don't side with the dishonest manager. I'm like, isn't this guy selfish? Isn't he... Like running a con here, he's not following the rules. I have uh, been—I have not been fired from jobs per se, but when I've left jobs, I haven't felt like the last day is really the day to put one over on the company that hired me. I'm like, yeah, discounts to all my friends. I've never done that. I've never been like, the till's open, folks. It's not my responsibility. I don't work here anymore. And maybe that's that. There's a whole, like, sociological perspective of the Protestant ethic and the spirit of capitalism. Maybe I'm just a slave to my bosses. I don't know. Maybe I've just got a lot of guilt. But I side with them. I side with the landowner. But then the landowner changes sides. The landowner's like, well done, guy. Good grift. I liked it. That's good. What's happening? It gets worse. Gets worse. Jesus then goes even further. He says to the disciples, hey, children of the light, you could learn a lot from these grifter types. What? 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 Learn what? I don't understand. This is not what I expected, but I don't know if that's the point, right? Um, because maybe there is something to it not being clear. Because what it has done this week is it's prompt me, prompted me to give this story a new attention give it some extra time, some new level of discernment, right? I want to know what he's getting at. And that's where I get back to the audience. Who is this for? Who is Jesus preaching this lesson to? Last week, Pastor Pat told you the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the, didn't get to it because it's not in there, but the parable, you know, of the uh, prodigal son, lost things because all the Pharisees are going, Jesus hangs out with the worst people, sinners, grifters, confo, tax collectors, Roman sympathizers. What is he doing with them? And Jesus tells a story about how God treasures these lost sheep, how God loves them. Great. So right after that, though, is when this story kicks off, and it says, he then spoke to his disciples. Okay, stories story is for the disciples. But who are the disciples sitting with? If Jesus is getting yelled at, for sitting with sinners and tax collectors, Jesus is sitting with his disciples and sinners and tax collectors. That's right. You guys are with me. I'm loving this. So he's sitting with these literal grifters, the ones that the Pharisees would have just called sinners, dishonest people, bad with their money. They use money dishonestly. They are the rabble. And I think about how these two audiences would have heard this story. For the Sinners sitting with Jesus. How did they hear the story? I think it's about somebody who made a way for himself in a very hard world. He's about to get fired. They know what it's like to have a boss that's just going to let you go with no prompting. He's a debt collector. A lot of them are debt collectors. This, to them, is an underdog story. This is about a dishonest manager, sure, but really it's about a clever manager who got one over on the boss. Ha, ha! They would have loved this story. Some of you may be struggling with this, but think of it this way. Um, Kids will know this one too. You all know the story of Robin Hood, right? Robin Hood, right? Robin Hood, Sheriff of Nottingham. We know who the good guy is and we know who the bad guy is, right? Nod your head if you know who the good guy is and the bad guy is. Of course we know. One's evil and one is noble. One does evil things and the other one does noble things like keep the law, enforce the taxes, you know? Make sure thieves are arrested. Make sure the bad guy gets thrown in jail. Make sure people don't dress up and trick people into getting their gold stolen. Right? Sheriff. Hero. Right? Oh, I see. Oh, you're some of those people. I get it. You think Robin Hood's cool, huh? Think it's cool what Robin Hood does stealing? Think it's neat? right? It's it's ridiculous. You think it's funny he tricks people into uh, losing their gold? Right? We, We do. We love it. There's tons of stories about it. I remember watching that as a kid, the one with the little fox Robin Hood. That guy is hilarious. I love him. I love his little cons. I love when he dresses up in costumes and tricks people. It's great. The sheriff is the authority in the story, but all of us know the sheriff isn't right because it's established in the story, what, right from the beginning? This is an unfair kingdom they live in. The sheriff is unfair. These rules hurt people who are vulnerable. These rules impoverish those who are already struggling. So Robin Hood helps his neighbor. Yes, he doesn't follow the rules, but he is right. There's still something good that's happening there. Robin's the hero. Robin steals, Robin cheats, Robin tricks, Robin lies, and Robin helps his neighbors. He helps the hungry children. We love it. And the story keeps getting told over and over. We enjoy that story. It's something important being said about the responsibility Robin felt to the people who were being hurt, who were being abused. And I wonder, is this Bible story that different to that audience who is hearing a story? Maybe more than you think, these things are very similar. Um, The dishonest manager, what his job is, is to collect from the farmers for the landowners. Now, Rome was never a part of this until this time in history. So, what has happened is people who have generationally farmed this land for ages due to taxes have had to sell that land in order to get a break on the taxes because if they sell it to a wealthy Roman, maybe, or someone, they can afford those taxes because it's going to be a little different and they'll just pay rent. This is like tenant farming, right? But what ends up happening is Rome has forced them to pay more Romans, more things, and the Romans who are benefiting from it have no sweat equity in this game. They've got no generational knowledge of this. They don't even absorb the cost of the workforce, and it just feels like an absolute ripoff. off That's fair. You can see how that would be frustrating. What a scam. Is it that different from how people may still hear it now, where people talk about record profits? But people still argue wages just aren't high enough for some. This is not so different than Robin Hood. And on my first reading, I feel like reading this, if this is Robin Hood, I was rooting for the sheriff of Nottingham. I was like, yeah, you can't rip the sheriff off. You owe him. You agreed to this, pay the sheriff. Regardless of you agree to it, you got to pay the sheriff. Maybe it has something to do with when I first heard this story. Perhaps it's about that perspective I held as a child, a child full of hope and compassion, the innocence of a child. Something about a kid knowing that Robin Hood was doing something tricky, but Robin Hood was still doing something good. It was dishonest, but it was compassionate. It was outside the rules, but it felt fair. There's some sort of wisdom there. And today we hear, uh, we have today, we have all these young folks serving in worship, and I think about what could we learn from their perspective on this story or on any story or on just how we even do life together as a church i'll tell you a little story this one it's not written down it just came to me so here's a perspective uh who here grew up with first communion you guys took it when you were like in a certain grade after you took a certain class right all of us right Right. um so one good order i like that you learn about communion before you take communion well, one day this little little child comes up to communion and uh, they haven't taken that class yet, so they don't get communion. They get a blessing and they keep going. They go around and after church they ask the pastor, hey, why doesn't Jesus share his snacks with kids? <laughs> Yo. <whistles> is that what you think is happening here? That is actually a pretty good perspective now that I think about it. Because what that shows is the child knew. Jesus sets the table. It's Jesus' stuff why can't I get some? And I'm like, if you know that it's for you, I think you're basically there because who here feels like they fully understand communion enough to, under, to, to receive it? Who here wants to come up and explain it all to us? Right. We're all about as wise as a five-year-old in this department. It's a big gift. It's gracious. It's unbelievable. So when a child puts their hand out, now my perspective is struggling because it's like, if the baby's going, can I get some? I'm like, well, yeah, it's Jesus's. It's not mine, right? I don't want you to think Jesus doesn't share his snacks. That's quite a perspective. I love that in this story, Jesus is saying there is a lot to learn, disciples, from these sinners and tax collectors. There is a lot to learn from this generation. You're out here thinking you're great because you're sitting with these sinners and tax collectors, but really, really, you have a lot to learn from them about wisdom, about true wisdom. Wisdom. All sorts of wisdom can be seen in this story. How about the prioritizing of the good news of a debt forgiven? I didn't think that right away. I went, ooh, something tricky is happening. Not, oh, what a relief for that guy who owes a thousand bushels, right? What a relief. How about prioritizing someone finding a way to make it in this world? He's about to be fired and he figures out a way to make it work. Story can say a lot. There's no simple, profound clarity or obvious message that shines through at least for me in the text but there is very much for me this week an invitation to lean in closer to take a moment and to ask who am i siding with connecting with in this story in any story what do i value what are my priorities even asking am i seeing the whole picture because like I said, I like the good order of a first communion class. I love talking to kids about communion, but if it means a kid can't get communion before that moment, oh, I'm struggling. This is what the best stories do to us, and I hope it does something to you today. It prompts you to dig a little deeper, to seek out a perspective that may see the story a little different. Maybe it's the perspective of a child, as I just told you about. You can do that by serving in Kids Connect. Maybe it's uh, one of our guest speakers during the Adult Connect hour during, the, um, during our forum to hear the perspective of someone else. Or maybe it's another parent at Parent Connect. Important matter here is Jesus has invited us to learn from one another. In short, it's about humility, to connect more purposefully, to hear the story anew, perhaps to hear the whole story, not just our own story, because the world is Telling a story sometimes that causes us to make all sorts of negotiations with our perspective. All sorts of deals with ourselves. Negotiations with our wealth. Negotiations with the rules, our position, our investments, our plans. And those things may demand our loyalty when we hear a story. But it helps to hear another who has different loyalties. And at least for me, the story challenges me to again and again go deeper. It drives me to dive more purposefully. Walk towards a new and more reconciled reality that recognizes how we're hearing this story that the holy spirit is actually speaking to us through these words holy and for that i say thanks be to god for another year together with you in formation together that's why we're really about giving this connect hour i got the shirt on and everything we want you to get connected because we want to be together. I am so grateful for that togetherness, for this community, for this great big body of believers, all of your perspectives, all of your ears, your hearts, your hands, your, all of it. For your perspective from oldest to youngest, teaching me along the way of new ways that God is speaking to us. Amen.